Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we're looking to start our week, as we typically do, with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. Now, we've been doing this for many years. And it's not always on Monday, but we try really hard to, to do it on Monday. But for me this year, or this time around, the Proverbs and the Psalms seem to be speaking to me on a much deeper level. And I think it's because there's so much in the Psalm and Proverbs about contrasting the righteous versus the wicked, the godly versus the ungodly, the wicked and their continual attempts to oppress uh, the poor and the needy and the godly, and then those people crying out to God, and then he answers. In Psalms, we have the same... This, uh, the Psalm today is just... I feel like I could have written it down myself. And what I'm trying to get at is I can relate to the feeling that's coming across in this Psalm. The, the very first line is, Why standest thou afar off? O Lord, and why hidest thyself in times of trouble? In other words, where are you? Why are you not doing anything? Why are you not helping us? Do you not see what's going on? Do you not see the wicked running unchecked? Do you not see them oppressing literally the whole earth right now with their lies and their deceptions and their poison and just non-stop? Where is the king of kings? The psalmist even makes the point. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thy hand and forget not the humble. Verse 16 says, The Lord is king forever and ever. And the heathen are perished out of his sight. It's like we know who you are. We know that your words are true. But right now, it's hard to reconcile who you say you are with what we see going on in the world. But the psalmist always starts his complaint with, here's what's going on. Where are you? Why are you not doing anything? But he ends always with that God is doing something and that God will do something. And then, of course, the Proverbs today is just that contrast between righteous and wicked. And the theme continues. How many times have we brought this up? There's... In the Psalms and Proverbs, there's this idea that eventually all these snares and traps that the wicked have laid, they're going to be caught up in themselves. This Psalm is no different, as it points out that truth as well. These are strange and hard times that we're living in. It's difficult. Because it seems, on the surface with what we're seeing with our own eyes, that the wicked just prosper and devour the righteous and devour the poor and devour the fatherless. And we can't help but ask God, where are you? Why standest thou afar off? Why are you hiding yourself in times of trouble? But while we can ask these questions... 
and we shouldn't be afraid to ask these questions. The psalmist asks all of these questions. If you read the psalms, there's no fear of asking God where he is. Because it's, it's not meant as disrespect. It's meant as we're in desperate need of your help. Let's get started. I'm going to read from the King James Bible this morning. Let's start with Psalm 10 and see if there's a word for our hearts this morning. Let's begin. Verse 1. Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire, and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for his enemies, he puffeth at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. So let's just stop for a moment and understand what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, where are you, God? The wicked, in their pride, continue to persecute the poor. Please let them be taken in their own devices. They're boasting. They're, they're going as far as to mock God's people. And furthermore, they bless evil. And they never think about you. You're, you're not at all in their thoughts. And he says in his heart that he'll never see adversity. He'll... It'll never... In his mind, his power, his reign over the poor, it'll never end. Let's continue on. Verse 7. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places does he murder the innocent. His eyes are privately set against the poor. He lieth and waits secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth and wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. He crouches, he humbleth himself, that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face, he will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thy hand, forget not the humble. Wherefore do the wicked contemn God? He hath said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite to require it with thy hand, to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee, thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked the evil man seek out his wickedness till thou find none the Lord is king forever and ever the heathen are perished out of his land 
Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou will prepare their heart. Thou will cause thy ear to hear. To judge the fatherless and the oppressed. That the man of the earth may no more oppress. And that is Psalm 10. He's saying, where are you, God? Please rise up. Don't forget the humble. The wicked have said in their heart, you're not going to do anything. Break the arm of the wicked, the psalmist says. Seek out wickedness and do away with it, essentially, until you can find no more. And then he's making a truth statement here. The Lord is king forever and ever. And the heathen are perished out of his land. Lord has heard the desire of the humble. Thou will prepare their heart. Thou will cause thy ear to hear. We just have to continue to believe, continue to trust, continue to pray, continue to fast, continue to seek his face, and he will hear the humble. Right now he's preparing our hearts. Remember, Jesus said, when I return, will I find any faith in the earth? True faith doesn't wither in the face of adversity. Those who, the minute things get hard, the minute it gets difficult to follow Christ, the minute they have to wrestle with faith and questions and all these and they fall away they that's not true faith true faith is deeply rooted and when the winds are beaten against it it doesn't waver doesn't mean it doesn't have questions doesn't mean it's not a struggle doesn't mean there's not really bad days but it's a picture of perseverance true faith in Christ perseveres Yes, it may fall. You know, I've likened it to running a marathon. There's going to be ups and downs. You might even fall down and bloody your knees. There's going to be times when you wonder, how am I ever going to finish? But it perseveres. It continues. And that's what we must do in this time of trouble. And it's okay to acknowledge that this is a time of trouble. This is a testing for the whole world right now. And my prayer is that out of this testing, that there's great revival. You see, sometimes the enemy goes too far, and then there's a big pendulum, and I'm having trouble saying the word, a swing back the other way. When you look out through history, it's when Christianity is persecuted and oppressed is when it starts spreading like wildfire. The funny thing is, is the enemy should know this after 2,000 years. You, everywhere Christianity is oppressed, it spreads. And so my hope is that we're about to see maybe one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen. As the whole world starts to buckle under the pressure 
And maybe it'll cause people to cry out. Maybe it'll cause people to say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Sometimes, because we're human beings and we're fallen and we're not too smart, we're like sheep, according to the Bible, we have to be at a breaking point. We have to be where there's nothing left but God. There's no hope left, lest God intervenes. Friends, we're about there. I mean, we're right there where God either intervenes or we're all in some serious trouble. And when I say we all, I mean humanity. Let's look at the Proverbs here as we contrast righteousness and wickedness and how God deals with it. Or, yeah, the nature of how things are dealt with. A false balance, verse 1, is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivereth from death. Verse 4 there, very important. On the day of judgment, billions of dollars can't help you. When God's wrath is poured out, your money is worthless. The only thing that it'll stand is righteousness. The righteousness of Christ is the only thing that's going to matter on judgment day. Verse 5. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. In other words, the thing that he loves, the wicked thing that he's pursuing, it'll be his demise. It'll be the thing that does him in. Verse 6, the righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but the transgressor shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectations shall perish, and the hope of the unjust men perish. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. Mm. Lord, let that be true. Let that be evident in our day. Look, the righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. It's that idea that... The, there's this trouble that's set up for the righteous, but the wicked end up falling into it rather than the righteous. Let that be true. Verse 9, A hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He that, have, that is void of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. There's all kinds of wisdom in the Proverbs about keeping your mouth shut. Don't participate in the office gossip. When somebody confides in you, keep it to yourself. 
That's what the Bible teaches. Verse 14, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and a strong men, and strong men retaineth riches. The merciful man doth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. The righteous tendeth to life. So he that pure pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. They that are of a froward heart, in other words, a perverse heart, are an abomination to the Lord, but such are upright in the way are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of righteous shall be delivered. As a jewel of gold in a swine's mouth, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that that scattereth, and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. That proverb right there, verse 24, is about generosity and how it comes back in buckets for those who are generous and are willing to part with their things, whereas those who hold everything close will eventually find poverty. Verse 24, let me read it uh, from another version. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more, and there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results in poverty. Verse 25, the next verse is like it. A generous person will prosper, will be prosperous. And one who gives others plenty of water will himself be given plenty. It's this principle that God will be a debtor to no one. Those who give plenty of water will be given plenty of water. Those who are generous will receive because of their generosity. But, verse 26, He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Verse 27, He that, delight, who, he that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. But he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. Again, it's that idea. All the money in the world won't help you on Judgment Day. It won't help you against the wrath. It won't help you in these situations where you need God. Verse 29, He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be a servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth much more than wicked and the sinner. There's this theme in the Bible that eventually this is all going to shake out, that God is weighing the things in the balance. He sees what the wicked are doing. 
He knows their evil imagination, right? Flipping back here to Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And the kings of the earth set themselves up and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed? Saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. God's not up there sweating. He's not breaking a sweat thinking, oh, how am I going to get get a, get my people out of this one? They're going to fall into their own snares and into their own traps. Let us be faithful through this time. Let God find us being faithful even though things don't look good. I think those people who are being faithful right now, in spite, in spite of what we see with our own eyes, great reward for those. The last verse of that proverb, if the righteous will be repaid on the earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and one who is wise gains souls. You have a mission on this earth. I just Let me just share one more verse that I just posted on Facebook early this morning. From 1 Thessalonians, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's hard for us because we associate the American dream or our own personal successes as what we should be striving for or or our purpose in life. But really, your purpose in life is to obey God, to live as Christ, to make disciples, to win and gain souls, to be a people of rejoicing and thanking and praying without ceasing. This is the will of God concerning you. You say, what am I supposed to do with my life? Be a person who rejoices. Be a person who prays. Be a person who's constantly finding reasons to give thanks to God. This is the will of God concerning you. The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The problem is, is... Our hearts are not always in line with this, are they? I'm guilty of it myself at times. Finding myself being discouraged and or angry or disappointed because the things that I've desired to have in my life or accomplish in my life or the way I wish my life was set up is not reality. And I have to come back to, well, what is the foundation? Is your foundation the desires of this world, or is your foundation and your cornerstone Jesus Christ? Is God the center of your universe, or am I the center of my universe? These are things we have to wrestle with. That's all I have for you this morning. I apologize if I did a little too much speaking this morning as opposed to 
just letting the Word of God speak for itself. I pray that you've been blessed, that your hearts have been pierced, that you've been encouraged in your faith, strengthened in your faith. Thanks for listening. Thanks for providing me this privilege to do this work through your prayers, through your support. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.